Hello friends, grab your camera and head to Key West. You're listening to Blame It On Buffett. Well, I sailed from Lauderdale down to Key Largo Crossed the Gulf on a fast loop And I sailed the Abacos As a kid I read Contiki And now all the pirate books too there's just so many places on my list to see. I'm going crazy just trying to choose. All right, this week on Blame It on Buffett, I have a really cool guest. His name is Mark Barato. Um, he has an Instagram called Backyards of Key West and also a podcast called Backyards of Key West. Wow, had a hard time saying that. Um, and we'll talk about both of those. Uh, this episode got I mean I all the episodes are getting long but this one's kind of long partly because because we're both podcasters we just like kind of geeked out about podcasting for part of the episode so um if you have any interest in ever starting like an Instagram account or your own podcast for any reason I really encourage you to listen um to that part it's about the first half of the episode is kind of like him introducing himself what he does and then we kind of talk a lot about podcasting um and creating uh, you know, social medias and podcasts based on things you love. Um, so definitely listen to that if you, I mean, I, I hope you'd want to listen to the whole episode, but if you just are like, oh, I don't have an hour and a half to listen to this, um, that's kind of what sort of the first half-ish is about. And then the second half, we really get more into um, Key West itself. So if you're really just in it, I mean, he also talks about like his Instagram and podcast in the first half. So at least listen to the beginning of that because I, you should really check out his Instagram at Backyards of Key West. And his podcast is really cool because it talks about different business. He does interviews with different businesses in Key West. Um, but if you're really just in it to hear like the Key West deets and like his suggestions and places he likes to go in Key West, then that's kind of the second half of the interview. So just a little bit there for you, a little bit of guidance in case you don't have time right now to listen to the whole thing. Um, but I hope that if you have ever thought about starting something similar, that maybe this episode can be a little bit of inspiration for you. Um, and he also has written um, an article about starting a podcast. So I'm going to post the link for that in the show notes. If you are interested <clears throat> to see like what kind of equipment he uses or that kind of thing, um, you can check that out. Um, and then also he has a really cool art website, which we talk about at the end of the episode, which is um, photos of Key West houses and other things in Key West that have been kind of like artified, if that's a word. So it kind of looks like a painting, which is really neat. Um, and towards the end, when we talk about that, he has a special discount code for listeners. So go ahead and listen to that. Um, and you can get 20, you can get the code to get 20% off if you want to buy anything from his website. Um, uh, and before we get into the interview, I just want to say really quickly, as a reminder, please send me your Jimmy Buffett song-related stories. If you have personal life events or times in your life that really are tied closely with a specific Jimmy Buffett song, I want to hear all about it. I'm going to do a segment, hopefully at some point, if I get enough stories. So you can email me those at blameitonbuffettpodcast at gmail.com, or if you just have anything else you want to email me, 
questions or suggestions, anything, you can do that there. Um, I've also done a social media post about the song, a story request on all my social media. So you can find that post and leave a comment. Um, it's just at Blaine Buffett Pod on all the social media. So, so just, I just wanted to sneak that in before we get into the interview as a reminder in case you want to send me your stories. Please do that. Okay, so um, I think we're just going to jump into the interview now. Um, Mark was a really cool guy. I had a great time talking to him. Um, he really, like, I have a podcast and an Instagram, but it's, like, very minor. You know, I just started it recently. Like, I don't have a huge following. But, like, he's really developed his, what he's doing into a business, um, which is really cool. And um, and just really interesting to hear him talk about it. He also, like, is a professional, like, does marketing and stuff as a professional. So he really knows what he's talking about. So I really encourage you to listen to the whole episode if you have time. Um, and then also there's just a lot of really great, fun Key West info and stories in there. So please enjoy. All right. Welcome back to Blame It on Buffett. This week, my guest is Mark Barato, who has a really awesome Key West-related Instagram account and a podcast, and they're both called Backyards of Key West. Thanks so much for being here, Mark. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, when I so I've been following your Instagram account for a while, um, which if people don't follow that, they definitely should if they're interested in Key West, uh, tropical things, awesome real estate, um, basically all of those because it's really great pictures of backyards in Key West and houses. Um, and so I've been following that for a while, but then I recently started listening to your podcast, which is also called Backyards of Key West. And um, it's a little bit more about places in Key West to visit, right? So like businesses, restaurants, that kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'll interview all different um, businesses, people, artists, restaurants, you know, everything that is Key West. I'm trying to get them on the podcast. So did the Instagram came first and then you decided to start the podcast after you'd been doing the Instagram for a while? Yeah. So I have a marketing and consulting company. I do a lot of sales and marketing for different companies. And I kind of like said to myself, I have to eat my own dog food and, and do a lot of the things that I teach my clients to do. <laughs> and I recently moved with my family to Key West um, last February. So we're coming on a year and a half, coming on two years now. And I started the Instagram account before we moved here. And we were living in Miami. We would travel to Key West a lot. And my wife and I, when we were living in New York City, we, my mom bought us this coffee table book called Rooftops in New York, which if you've ever lived in New York or been in New York, you'll see that there may be these dinky little apartments, but some of them will have like these massive rooftop uh, backyards and terraces and these amazing things. So I'm like, oh, you know, it, it's so similar in a way like Key West because you'll be in Old Town or different parts of Key West and you'll walk by this property and it'll be this tall gate and you'll see a cute little house and you're like, I wonder what goes on behind there. <laughs> and a couple of those places I was let back and I'm like, oh my God, there's like an acre of land back here, guest cottages, all these cool things. So I'm like, let me do this. Instagram account called Backyards of Key West, where either I'm taking pictures or I'm getting pictures from realtors or other photographers, and eventually do a coffee table book called The Backyards of Key West, where we can showcase all those different homes and stuff like that. 
So that's where I started the Instagram account with the thought of in years to come, do this little coffee table book. And, and then in doing that, I had another podcast I was doing with a friend of mine when I was living in Miami and he moved to Montana and I moved to Miami, uh, to Key West. And I was like, well, let me plug myself into the community, which is a good tip for anybody listening out there. If they want to plug themselves in their own community or grow within their own community themselves, the easiest way to do it is go out and interview people really go out there and be part of the community and talk to the people out there and find a topic that you enjoy and and kind of do that and it's it's actually something i tell a lot of people from a marketing standpoint that helps a lot with sales too because if you're knocking on the doors of a ceo trying to get them to pitch them something it'd be a lot easier for you to say hey we're doing the ceo podcast i'd like to interview you and right. if it's bringing value to the audience, then that works. I mean, I, I have created a lot of business from the podcast, made a lot of great friends and relationships down here, but um, it was really just a labor of love. You know, I love doing podcasts and interviewing people and letting the outside people know about all the cool stuff we have down here besides Duval Street and bars. Yeah, I, I can attest to the... Um starting a podcast helps you like meet new people and get involved in the community because even with this podcast, even though most of my episodes at this point have been distance like this, because, you know, I'm just at my house and other people at their houses, we're not really traveling as much and that kind of thing. Um, you, it's a, you're still meeting those people in a sense and chatting with them. And then, you know, down the line, all these people in the sort of Jimmy Buffett, Trop Rock, like, um, Cute. Like there's a lot of things that sort of fall under the heading of my podcast, but the, all sort of the people in that community, I will have met so many more of them that by the time I actually start going places again and like there's events and things, I'll like have a whole bunch of new people that I am essentially friends with, even though I've never met them in person. And I, I feel like it's like a way to feel a lot more comfortable, right? You'd like go into a situation where you now know all these people that before was like, oh, well, I don't know anybody. Um, so I think that's a really good point. That's not really like why I did it, but that's a really good point of like, if you move somewhere or, you know, join a community, like the best way to, to get to meet people is to kind of have a reason, right. To talk to them and, and having a podcast is a great reason to talk to people. Um, and I feel like it's really cool because your podcast especially is so specific and fills sort of a niche that there's not, at least as far as I know, there's not really any other podcasts that focus on Key West in that way, talk to different businesses and all of that, um, which in the podcast market, if you find something that doesn't, you know, already have a bunch of podcasts about that same topic, that's kind of special. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, cause like, I assume you, like you've, since you've done other podcasts, like, you know, there's like a hundred podcasts about everything nowadays because podcasts are just really a thing. So, so that's yeah, great. I mean, that- it's kind of like what we were talking about too, at the beginning, it's, you know, there are more podcasts popping up every single day, just like there's more uh, quote unquote entrepreneurs that pop up every day, but the long lasting ones are the ones that do more than one or two episodes. Right. right. So there's so many that pop up and, and so many of them go away, even with things like anchor and different softwares that are out there to make it a lot easier for you to get your message out there. But the, the main reason I did this podcast and I'm trying to give as much value to your listeners and to the audience out there as possible is 
like I didn't do it to make money. I didn't do it to try to monetize it because doing a niche podcast, like how many listeners can I possibly have? Right. I mean, there's, if you don't live in Key West and you come to visit, I can't see you listening to every episode. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. So it's really about finding the niche that you want, something that that you love to talk about. Like your podcast, for example, is definitely more of a niche than just like broader Key West or, or broader music. And it makes it a lot more fun for you to do it. And then, you know, you can be an influencer in that little micro space for yourself and geez, you're doing something you love. So why not? Right. And I think that's important uh, unless you, I mean, obviously certain circumstances, but generally speaking, most people shouldn't start a podcast to try and like make money or be famous because it's not very likely that's not going to happen. Like, like you said, you want to do it for you um, because you love something or because you want to like learn more about people. Um, and especially in a niche market, like you said, you maybe wouldn't have that many followers, but you'll get at least a few followers that are really dedicated. Like, I'm sure there are people, um, I mean, like I just started, so I haven't gotten through all the episodes, but I'll probably listen to all your episodes because I, even though I'm not there very often, I love Key West. And once you sort of start to like a podcast and you, you know, sort of feel like you connect with the host and you like what they're doing, like you can kind of listen, listen to them talk about most things, even if it's not like, oh, well, I've never been to that business or whatever. Um, it's like you kind of just, it's just a thing. Like if you're interested, like I'm interested in Key West. So right. I'm pre- interested in pretty much all of your episodes because they're all about Key West. So, yeah. Well, the thing that really, that I love the most about doing the podcast is I'll have people that'll contact me that'll say, I'm coming to Key West or I came to Key West and I went to these four restaurants that you talked to about on the podcast. Like that really warms my heart because that means that the podcast is making a difference to the community down here, which is the the real reason why I'm doing it. And and those restaurants saw some benefit from me coming in there and interviewing them. And you know, things like this, they they're out there in the universe forever until you take them down. So it's like, you know, I have this this Friday will be my 52nd episode. So that's a whole year's worth of podcasting every single week. Um, And that, that lives in perpetuity out there for the restaurants that are here, people that are coming to visit cruise ships when they come back into play, when things open back up, you know, it'll really help springboard a lot of these people. And I'm doing a lot more interviews now because, you know, I have 70 something, 80 something interviews that I did before the lockdown. So that was lucky for me to be able to continue to put out episodes because um, I couldn't go in person and interview people. And then now that things are opening up a little bit more down here, I'm kind of going back to some of those same people or to new people. And now it's like, how did, what did you do with the shutdown happen? How are you surviving? Like interviewing and asking those questions just so that people out there who are in their own business or going to start their own business could, could benefit from that. Yeah. And part of the reason why I asked you to be on is for that very reason, which is I really like Key West personally, but I know a lot of my, if you can call them a fan base, like I don't have a ton of listeners either, but the people that listen to this podcast, you know, there's a ton of crossover with the people, obviously like Jimmy Buffett is a huge, like Key West is a huge part of Jimmy Buffett's life and influence in his life and music um, and other trap rock artists, like the big Jimmy Buffett um, 
festival, I guess you would call it like Parrothead Festival Meeting of yeah. the Minds is, is in Key West. So there's a, a, most of, I would say, this is a guess, but I'm guessing that most of the people who listen to this have either been to Key West or at some point would maybe go there. So I, I just really felt like what you're doing has a lot of relevance and value for my, for my audience. And then, like you said, if I can even get one or two people to maybe learn a, through hearing about you on my podcast and then checking out your stuff, you know, have them visit some businesses in Key West that maybe they wouldn't have visited before. Like that's great for everyone, you know, like it's supporting the community. So I, that's like why I asked you to be on. And and so I, I think that's, that's great that that's like what your podcast is doing is really, you know, sharing those businesses with the world and with people who might want to go to visit. Um, because I'm sure like everyone, like Key West is very small. So like everyone who lives there probably knows about all of those places for the most part. Um, but I think you'd be surprised that go, not, not everybody does, you know, because once oh, really? you live in a place, it's like, it's like when I was living in Miami or even people living here, it's like some people are like, Oh, I haven't been to the beach in six months. Right. So sometimes <laughs> you just get in your own routine and I try to find a lot of the stuff that's new, that's up and coming. So because of my, and I, you know, I'm, I'm trying, you could see I'm talking slowly because I'm trying to figure out the right word so it doesn't sound presumptuous, but like the amount of followers I have on Instagram, which is closing in on 30,000 is like nothing in the real world. But down here, it's like more than what Sloppy Joe's has or, or more than what Fantasy Fest has, which shouldn't right. be from a marketing standpoint, it shouldn't be that. But because of that, there is a lot of people that reach out to me for a promotion and I don't do paid promotion. It's all just helping promote their restaurants and stuff like that. So I do see a lot of these new things that are up and coming and opening up. So I like to reach out to those restaurants or those businesses or hotels or artists and reach out to them and say, look, let me help you get, get going in this marketing world or get started as much as possible. Do you take suggestion like like if I actually I don't know I haven't looked through all the old episodes yet but have you ever done an episode with one of those like hangover cure places that like give you the IV I have not done one with the IV drip places but there's I think there's only one left down here and I, Oh really? And I know for a fact that those IV drip things work, right? Vitamins and all that kind of stuff works. But I mean, I will interview anybody, any business that's here on the island. I mean, that's my goal. Like just like there's not enough houses to photograph to take photographs of or like all the photography that could be taken down here of backyards and then front yards and then nighttime shots and then aerial shots. I mean, that could go on forever. Just yeah. like the businesses because I want to get all the businesses and interview every single one of them. And then some of those will go and new ones will come. And that's, that's what I love about this Island down here is we have 20,000 people that live here, but we have a million in the normal times. We'll have a million people that'll come through here a year. Right. Yeah. It's always like evolving and new places are coming up. I just, I've never done one of those places, but whenever I'm there, I'm like, that's so interesting. Like, I just would be curious to know more about that as a process and a business, I guess. Like, this is just a personal thing that I've always wondered about. I'll put it on the list. Awesome. Thanks. (laughs) Um, So I just want to circle back to the, the Instagram account for a little bit, because that was like how you got started. What did you like just 
walk up to people's houses and say like, hey, can I take a picture of your yard and post it on Instagram? Or like, how did you sort of like start that as like, I mean, you're, and the, the picture, the photos on there are like really well done, you know, like professional looking and, and awesome. Did you like, how did that become a thing? And how do you get people to agree to have their yards and houses featured on there? So when it first started out, it was me like doing hand-to-hand combat, which was I wasn't living here. I was I was reaching out to photographers that were down here and saying, I'm starting this Instagram account. I'm posting like when I first did it, it was just hotels. Like I was just posting the backyards of hotels and bed and breakfast that I stayed in and stuff like that. Because that's then just it was, like public places, so you don't exactly, have to worry about like exactly. asking permission. And whatever. in a one week stay, you can walk into every hotel and bed and breakfast and just go, I want to take a tour and take a million pictures of that. Then there was a lot of, you know, I don't just do backyards, some are front yards. So I took a lot of those pictures. Others are you can peek over the fence and and take a picture that way. Then it was reaching out to like I would take a picture and a photographer would comment and go, Oh, I love that picture. And I'd go, Oh, I see your photographer down there. Can I promote some of your work? And they're like, sure, as long as you tag me. So then I would be doing that. And then it kind of just snowballed into because the account was growing and because there was more, there was not a lot of people doing pictures like this. Then I have a lot of photographer friends besides myself that would say, Hey, here's a bunch of pictures. Can you post them for me? And it's also realtors. Like a lot of realtors have been like, this listing is coming out. Can you post some of these pictures? And I'll just go through the ones and kind of curate the ones that I think are good and then post some of those pictures. Yeah. And as a person who, um, really loves to creep on real estate. Like I just love looking at real estate on like Zillow or, you know, whatever, especially in dream places to move like Key West. So uh, even before I followed your Instagram account, like I regularly just look at real estate in Key West for fun. I don't know if that's weird, but um, no, like I'm never going to be able to afford like a million dollar house in Key West, but that doesn't stop me from like looking at all the pretty pictures of the houses. Right. So um, do you, if you, when there's just like real estate listings, you can just pull those photos, right? Or do you? Need That's the thing. You can, no, you can do that too. It's now public information, so I get so many of that stuff too. Like I'll subscribe to to Zillow with specific types of criteria, and then I'll get that notification the minute something goes and pops up, and then I'll either look through those pictures, compare them to the ones a realtor had sent me, and then I'll just pick the ones that I like. So it really is a mixture of everything of what's coming out, what's been adjusted, pictures that I'm taking, private pictures. I'm friends with a lot of these um, landscape architects that are down here. Shout out to Craig Reynolds and his group. And they'll send me a lot of pictures too, because they'll do work on private homes and they're allowed to use that publicly. So they'll give me those. And, And sometimes they'll say, look, I'm showing you these, but you can only post this one, or you have to wait a month before you could post this one, but I'm letting you see it beforehand. So there's a lot of that that's going on. But if you are starting out and you're like, okay, I want to do something similar in your town or anything else, you can just get a lot of real estate pictures. It's just really picking the ones that you think are best and being consistent in the times that you post, always reaching out to the people who comment, right? Those are your lifeblood. So anybody that comments on your post, make sure you comment back, make sure you, you have a nice conversation with your audience. Cause that's like the lifeblood. It's like, if you go into a party and there's a hundred people there, 
and you're new to the party and you're like sitting in the corner, not talking to people, you're not going to make any friends. But if you go around, have a couple of drinks, talk to people, what do you do? What's going on? Now you can have a hundred new friends. And that's really what it's like when people are commenting or liking your stuff. It's really imperative for you to comment back and then also be part of the community. And that's really a good way to grow your account. Like I follow every single business that's down here and I'm always resharing their stuff or commenting on that. I'm always looking to promote everybody else besides myself. And that was the quickest way for me to grow my account. And do you get like, if someone's on a guest, like I say, a business is a guest on your podcast. Like, have you had businesses refer other businesses? Like, Hey, I was on this podcast. It's really cool. Like you should be on it. And then you've gotten guests that way as well. That's all, almost all how I do it. It's either me <laughs> reaching out like when, when it first started, my friend who's a realtor, Tamara is her name. I'm sorry. She's a photographer for a realtor and for landscape designer. And she's just an incredible photographer. She has her Instagram handle is the sunny side up. You can look up her account. She is just exquisite with her picture taking. I mean, I went out with her once in a while. She'll call me up and go, okay, it's picture day. And we'll just go out early in the morning and take a bunch of pictures, all iPhone pictures too, by the way. And, but she's, you know, a, a true photographer, like a true talent. And we'll sit there side by side and take the same damn picture. And it, hers is just a thousand times better. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, obviously she's talented, right? It's, she's an artist in her own way, but she, when I first, she was one of the first people to give me a bunch of photos and also make a bunch of intro to people for the podcast. So she probably got me the first 10 guests. And then when I would interview those people, I'd be like, who do you think I should interview next? And then I would just reach out to people you know, who have businesses here and say, I'd love to have you as a guest on my podcast. And they were like, how much is this going to cost? Or what does this mean? And I, you know, I'm always like, no, this is free. And you, know, you got to go through the whole spiel of, I'm here to help your business. And then now because there's so many episodes have been done and the Instagram account is is bigger, it's a lot easier, but it shouldn't stop you, you know. If you have nothing, you just start, it's just more work. Now, it's the same amount of work, it just comes a little bit easier as far as the guests go and and just the social media profile and stuff like that. But I don't look at it like that. I still put out the same amount of effort and work even though it comes a little easier. Yeah, I mean, it's very clear that you have put a lot of work into it, especially like the Instagram account. Um, I mean, in the podcast too, but just just focusing on the Instagram account for a second. Like you said, you know, having being uniform, like posting at specific time, like there's all these things that you can do to grow your Instagram following in a way like you want to be consistent you want to do all these things and like I don't really do any of those things but but like for a really good um Instagram account that is going to get a lot of followers like you need to do those things and it and it seems like you're doing all of those like business I mean you know you obviously are in marketing so like you know all of those tricks and stuff but um but the Instagram account is just like great like it's just so professional looking and the pictures are amazing. And, you know, like you said, you post regularly. Um, and what you were saying about comments, I feel like I haven't really commented on pictures, but it's mostly because like every comment would be like, Oh my God, I want to live here. Like, <laughs> well, like you I don't have to be in one. all of those places. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not to say that the person viewing the account needs to comment, but if it's your account and you have 20 people that have commented and said, Oh my God, I love this picture. Or, 
you know, what, what kind of gravel is that? Or what, what's the color of that umbrella? You know, or, oh, I love those blue roofs. Do you know what kind of paint that is? Like you're obligated to go in there and answer those. Now, if well, we start getting questions get, like that, what, like, what's that? Do you, get, do you get questions like, oh, what color is that paint color? Or like, yes, what kind of and I go and find that? it and I go and find it for them. Wow. That's really cool. I didn't even think of it that way. Like to me, it's just like, oh, look at this pretty photo. But I guess if you want to, you know, if you're doing some kind of landscape dis- design or house decorating or something like that would be really cool to be able to know those things of like, oh, what's that exact paint color? Um, so that's really awesome that you like make an effort to, to answer those questions for people. Yeah. Again, and, and that's the real way to grow your account. Like I don't want you or anybody else to out there to think like, like my advice as a marketer is my account is not doing what, like I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing just like that. And what I mean by that is it shouldn't really be one or two posts a day and it shouldn't just be those houses. Because what happens if the audience likes 20 other different things? Now, because this is niche and it is Backyards of Key West, like I'm not going to post flowers from Key West. Maybe I'll do that in stories or something like that. So I pretty much want to give as much value to the audience as possible and do that. But let's say that you're creating your own personal brand or your, your own that isn't like a businessy type brand. I would say post everything. Post as much stuff as possible, like make yourself as human as possible so that people could then see all these different sides of you because you may think like a lot of people, especially people that are good looking, will get into this trap of they'll post like these selfie pictures of themselves in a bikini or out or, or this beautiful landscape or something like that. And they'll get like a thousand likes on it. And then they'll post a picture of them make, making Sunday dinner and it's like they'll get two likes and they'll just like, ah. Oh, I'm not going to do that because they're pandering to the likes instead of going, yeah, but maybe some other part of my audience where I can grow my audience in another way. Like I'm constantly posting on my Facebook page, on on um, Pinterest. I'm like starting to get more into doing my Twitter page. I'm getting more into doing TikTok because it's like, you know, Instagram could be like Vine and go away. Now, granted, yes, you can siphon your audience from one place to another, but it's like try to build your audience not just the way you want, not just selfishly the way you want, just for the likes and the shares and the comments. Try to put yourself out there and say, look, I'm into all these different things. Let me show everybody what I'm into. And that's really how you can get a lot of a lot of width into your audience, not just the depth. Yeah, like you just want to be as relatable as possible to as many people as possible. So if, yeah, if you only, I mean, obviously your account is a very specific thing, but like if you only post pictures of yourself in a bikini, you might get a lot of likes for that. But like, there's also probably people out there that are like, well, I don't really care about that. And then if that's all you post, then they have nothing to draw them. I don't know. I just like post whatever random stuff on my Instagram. You should though, but that's like, (laughs) that's the lesson for the audience out there is it post as much as possible, post as much about you as possible that you're comfortable posting and all the things that you're into, because you just never know. I mean, you may get like you yourself may get more business because of one thing that you posted that somebody who's into what you're doing and talking about here on the podcast relates to. And that's how all business really is done and relationships are built. It's based on, oh, I've got rapport and, oh, I didn't know that that person went to this school or are they into this thing or, oh, look, they're Greek and they like to cook Greek food. Like, I don't know. I mean, you doing that is how you're going to build your real relationships. Yeah. It's interesting too, um, just because in my case, like the, 
um, I guess my demographic, like the demographic of people that are interested in my podcast or like the things that I talk about in my podcast, um, I have found don't really use like they're on Facebook mostly, not as much Instagram and Twitter. So like I have an Instagram and Twitter and honestly, Instagram is my favorite social media. That's like what I put the most energy into and what I spend the most time on. So like, I would love it if all of my friends and followers were on Instagram, but, um, but that's not really the case, but I still just put the most effort in Instagram because like, I like it, you know? So, um, it, you kind of, it kind of depends on like your, who your demographic is too, because like not everybody are really on all social medias the way that like, you know, young millennials like me are. Um, but, but you just do it. And then, you know, you might, even if you only have like a few people that follow you on Twitter or a few people that follow you on Instagram, like having all of those, even though sometimes it's a lot of work to upkeep multiple social medias, like you, you never know like who you're going to get from each thing. So like, it's worth it, even if you have like less followers, you know, because it's like, well, maybe like, even if only, even if like five of those people that follow on your, your Instagram, listen to your podcast because of Instagram, that's five more people that wouldn't have listened to your podcast anyway. Yeah. You kind of have to put it out, put it, put it out on every channel, try to get your podcast out on every app and everything that's out there because you want to make it as seamless as possible. Like for my podcast, they can just go to the website if they want. So if it's somebody that's like, I don't even have a smartphone, they can go and listen from the web. If they are want to listen from Apple or if they want to do Spotify or I have radio or radio.com or blah, 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 blah. I'm giving them those options so that it's trying to make it as seamless as possible for them to listen. Because I don't want someone to go, oh, I can't buy that or I can't listen to this or I can't do this because it's like you're jumping through hoops to get to the result you want, that makes it a lot harder. And and nowadays it's like, people are just like, that's why Apple pay does so well. They're like, cool, I'm buying it. And they hit buy right. and it's done. And they're like, that's what I want. Yeah. Just make it as easy as possible for as many people to access your thing. as Yeah. Possible. And listen, when it comes to follower account and when it comes to influencer, it's like, if you are a stay at home dad or a housewife or whatever, and you're living in your neighborhood and you have a thousand followers, but all of those followers are people from your neighborhood and their other stay-at-home dads or moms. And when you say something, they react on that. That's an influencer. So you can never just discount based on how many followers they have. You really, it's more based on the interaction that they have on the stuff that you're saying. So if the stuff that you're saying, people listen to and trust you because you're giving them value and they're like, wow, this person is giving more than they're asking then now you 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 can go out if you wanted to and reach out to different brands or different things if you were wanted to be an influencer and try to get paid for doing stuff like that you could reach out and say listen in my community you know i'm like the top dog head mom here and anytime there's like a new product for all of these kids they listen to me then you can really start creating a little micro business doing that. And, and you know, that, that 500 or $1,000 or whatever it is per month really can make a difference for somebody. Yeah. I think it really helps to like the example you just used to really be like living the thing that you're trying to create, right. Instead of just like, Oh, well, this is a thing that I like, like, or this is a thing that like I am doing can do on the side. Like, not that you can't make that happen, but 
it really helps if it's something that you really care about and like are basically is really, um, I guess, already ingrained in like how you live your life. And I was just wondering, did you, so you started the account before you moved to Key West, but was moving to Key West like part of the like progression of doing that account or was that just something you were going to do anyway or like how did like what why did you end up moving to Key West we knew we were going to move to Key West when I already started doing the count and I wasn't I wasn't going to say like the road the road to uh what do they say the road to someday leads to a town called nowhere. So it's like, I'm not, I wasn't going to wait until I got to Key West to start doing these things. So this is why I I started the account. I started reaching out to people and I had like the podcast set up before I even moved here. You know, I I wanted to make sure that nothing was going to stop the progression of doing these fun things that I wanted to do. Just like my friend who runs the Instagram account, visit Key West, doesn't live in Key West. He got married in Key West. He comes to Key West once or twice a year, and he's got 130-something thousand followers in Key West. Yeah. I did not know that that person didn't live there because it totally seems like they do the way- Well, he was just here with his wife, so that's why you see a lot more of the pictures, but it's really like people search and he reposts it. And I said, I go, you know what you're going to end up doing is you're, it's going to be great for you because you're building this business around something that you love and that when you're ready to make the move and say, cause he's also in marketing. And if he's like, Hey, I'm going to make the move and leave my business to run something around this visit key West Instagram, then he could, he could right now quit his job and do that if he wanted to and move down here. And I think that's what he'll eventually do. Because he had will have built a big enough audience where he can say, cool, let me get into the travel business, like be a, a, a travel tour person or, or whatever he wants to do based upon the audience that he's built, he can do. So it's kind of like it, even if you're not living the thing already, if there's something that you really love and want to live it, you can build it for that kind of future. Yeah, don't sit there and go – when I moved to Hawaii, like I'm 20 years old thinking when I moved to Hawaii, when I'm 40, now I'm going to start this thing. It's like, just start it now. What do you have to lose? If you love it, if you're doing it for the sole purpose of making money, you're just not going to like it because you're going to be like, there's no money. But if you're doing it because it's something you love, like I'm doing this backyard to Key West for a coffee table book. I mean, I do that for four years from now. So the drive of doing it in the pictures was not to generate this huge income and retire and blah, blah, blah. It was really to just do something that I love and let the chips fall where they may. Right. And like we talked about, like you don't really want, like you shouldn't start a podcast with the like intention of trying to like make a bunch of money or something. Like it really is, especially because like the work that goes into it, like you really should do it only if it's something that you really care about. And also because you don't want to get tired of it. Right. So like if you start something and it actually takes off and becomes big and like becomes an obligation in a way, if you don't really love that thing, then it's just going to be an obligation and you're not going to want to do it anymore. Um, Do you ever feel like any burnout with, with your projects or are you still pretty much like really loving doing all of it? No, I love doing them all. It's kind of like second nature. Like, the posting of the houses, the setting up and doing the podcast. You know, for me, it's like I have all of the equipment, go in a backpack, 
I jump on my motorcycle. I drive to the location. I go in there. I meet someone for the first time. We sit down face to face. I get to look him in the eyes. We get to have a nice conversation about everything. That's what makes it really fun, right? Because it is a little harder when you're just doing it like this through the microphone rather than when you are face to face, there's just almost an instant connection. You know, that's the beauty about doing podcasts is you get different levels of connection. Like we're going to have a better connection just from talking like this, sitting down and putting in the time to talk to one another. And then when you go and do it face to face, it's even more. I mean, you're like compacted three, four months worth of friendship into one hour because you're getting maybe a little bit more intimate with the person and asking them questions about things that you, if you just met them like at a bar, it may take like six months before you started asking these kind of questions. Yeah. And I think that's really nice um, that because you live there and all of your subject matter is there, um, it's, I mean, obviously like COVID kind of put a damper on it for a while, but but generally speaking under regular circumstances, it is pretty easy for you to have a face-to-face interview with like basically anyone that would be on your podcast. Um, like my first three episodes were face-to-face interviews because I was like when musicians came to play in my town and then I would interview them. Then COVID happened. So I can only do interviews online right now. But even going forward, like most of the people that I would be interviewing don't live near me really. So it would be like, unless like I'm going to an event, like if I go to Meeting of the Minds, then like, yeah, like I could be interviewing you in person right now, or I could be, you know, interviewing musicians in person. But, but most of the time, like I'll still have to do it this way if I want to get like a variety of guests that live in different places. Um, but I think that's really awesome that because of the specific nature and uh, subject matter of your podcast that you can really do all of those interviews for the most part in person, because like you said, as much as you get to meet someone this way, it really is like an extra level of connection when you're like just there hanging out with the person. Um, so I think that's really great. And I think that really comes through on uh, your episodes too. Like the most recent episode, you know, you talk at the beginning, you're talking about like, oh, we're in like the garden of the business. And, you know, and you can really tell that like you are there on location and that adds something extra. I think that makes it even more fun to listen to. Yeah. I mean, I don't want people to think like, oh, well, I'm not going to start my podcast because of I can't be there because so many are done virtually like this all the time. Um, it just does. It, I like it being there because that's just the kind of person I am. And I really, you know, I'm like a huggy, fuzzy person. So I like being around the people. And I also like giving a little description like, okay, here's where we are. Here's what I see, sights and smells and try, try to like pull people in so they really feel the environment um because you know especially now i don't know maybe someone's in like north dakota and they're like oh it's the summer but maybe it's going to be february soon and they're like i'm freezing what do i have to look forward to and they can like listen to these things as a little bit of escapism too because they're like oh you know eventually i get to sloppy joe's and they're like oh my god here's sloppy joe's i remember when i went there and you know and they'll be able to be transported back to that time 
Yeah. Escapism is like my whole, that's like the whole point of my podcast (laughs) basically is like for people to be able to like listen to, you know, someone who lives in Key West, talk about Key West, you know, even though they aren't in Key West right now. But, um, and it's funny, I like hadn't intended to talk about like the creation of podcasts so much, but I guess when you get two podcasters in a conversation, like it's kind of hard not to. Um, but I just want to reiterate what you said about like all of the things that we've talked about, like if you, if anyone listening wants to start a podcast, like don't let anything hold you back because you think like, oh, like I heard someone recently um, kind of in my community talking about how they were going to start a podcast and, um, you know, they, it, it had been like six months or a year or something and they were finally doing it because they had finally like gotten all this equipment together and done, and, you know, and they referenced like how they had like $3,000 worth of podcasting equipment now, but they hadn't even like done an episode yet. And I think, I think there's an idea out there that to start a podcast, it has to be perfect. You know, like you have to have all of the best sound quality equipment and you have to have like the perfect setup and you have to have, you know, like a, a following built or something. But and, and if you go on like podcasting forums, there are people that are like, well, I won't listen to a podcast if the sound quality isn't amazing, but like, don't listen to those people. Like <laughs> you should, you should do like, I literally just have like a headset with a little mic right now. I'm doing like really basic editing through anchor, like just to make it as easy as possible on myself so that it's fun. And I still, I mean, like, I don't have a crazy amount of listeners, but I have listeners. Like, if you have a passion that you want to talk about, like, don't let these various things that you think you need to do to have a good podcast hold you back. Like, you just have to start doing it. Um, that's yeah. my rant for the day. <laughs> I, I know. I agree. I, so I just emailed you a link if you want to put in the show notes or for another time where People would ask me all the time, how do I start a podcast? What what do you do? Like even in person, they're like, where'd you get that equipment? What is it? And I put a blog post together. It's like how to start a podcast. And like I mentioned, you know, I put all links to all the, the equipment that I have. None of it in total is that expensive. But the first thing I talk about is like what we talked about using Anchor as it's anchor.fm and it's a way to do your own podcast. You can literally... Go, say you're going to do an in-person podcast, you can go and put your cell phone on speakerphone and record an interview with you and somebody and then type a couple of things, hit submit because Spotify recently, like a year ago, bought Anchor for I don't know how many billion. Um, You can then hit submit and it'll go right to Spotify, like right then and there. So it's like, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be a, a reason to stop you from starting. You can yeah, always I, get equipment later. You can always make adjustments later. You can always do in-person later. But for right now, just start. Just do it. Yeah. My first, very first episode was recorded just on my iPhone, which isn't, it, it's like a seven or like not, it's not a new phone at all. Just on my iPhone literally in the hot tub with the person that I was interviewing. And like, honestly, it's probably one of the best sound quality episodes <laughs> on here um so like yeah like you said you just don't don't think you have to have all this special stuff if you want to get special stuff that's great and you can always like progress and like upgrade your gear or whatever it is you're doing as you go along but like you you don't have to be perfect to start you just have to start if you want to do it so yeah my advice would be never fake it till you make it that's like the worst saying that somebody can possibly (laughs) say it's like when i i interviewed this 
It's called Taco Grilla. They're like on pause right now because of COVID, but it's like a taco truck, food truck. And I went there after hours, the sun was setting and we're outside on this like picnic table doing the episode. Cars are going by and it's like faking it would be like trying to avoid those things. Not faking it is being like, hey, everybody, we're outside the taco truck right off Roosevelt Boulevard and you're going to hear, you know, uh, cars going by. And just as I said that, this like this the loudest Harley drove by and I was like, and I'm like, there you go, everybody. So that's the thing. If, if you are if you are honest with your audience and say, hey, everybody, I'm starting this podcast. I'm really into the Smurfs and it's the Smurf podcast. I love anything blue. And you know, I had listened to this guy in, in Key West and he said, just start this podcast. So I did. I'm recording it right now. I'm sorry if the quality isn't the best, but hey, I'm better to start it. And for all you Smurf lovers out there, this is going to be awesome. Let's get ready to go on the, the blue journey, whatever. Um, and that's what you do. People who like your thing are going to like that because it's honest. You know, that's the reason why, like I always say to people, is what you're saying or what you're going to do or your content, is it, is it, uh, do you think it's better than a traffic jam? And if the answer <laughs> is yes, then go, then you're going to do well because everybody stops and looks. It's called rubbernecking. They stop and look at people on the opposite end of the road, not crash, just sitting there because there's some sort of accident. And if everyone else is going to look at that crap, then they're going to listen to your talk about the Smurfs. So don't worry. You know, you could find your niche. Right. Like you might not have 100,000 people that listen to you talk about the Smurfs, but those like 10 people that love the Smurfs are going to love your podcast. And having like 10 people that really are like fans that listen to every episode interact with you, that's better than having like 10,000 people that like don't interact with you and you never hear anything from them. Like I'd much yeah, rather have like and- three people that listen and they email me to be like, Hey, this was a really great episode. Or like, Hey, you should have this guest on than have like, uh, you know, hundreds of people listen, but never hear anything from them. Never hear any feedback. Yeah, or- I mean, look, let's use like a realistic, I mean, I'm sure there's a Smurf podcast, but let's use something realistic. Probably. Like, <laughs> let's podcast like, like parrot heads, right? There are, right. In the genre, uh, I mean, there people listen to this podcast, but other people may be like, I don't even know what that is. I don't know who Jimmy Buffett right. is, even though he's massive, right? But it's still like, so say you do this podcast and it's with the Parrot Heads and it's with anything Jimmy Buffett and you do that for five years and you build this audience that it's not going to be like Joe Rogan big because that's everything, right. but it's going to be big enough where it's like you maybe have an impact in your genre that like maybe Jimmy Buffett is like, I'm coming out with a whole new album and I'm going to pay you for some marketing and advertising, or I want to have pre-roll ads on your podcast or, Hey, you know, there's a big parrot head festival coming out. We want to pay you, you know, $5,000 to advertise. And now maybe you've built a business over time where you're making $60,000 a year where you can go, right? Say you can go, okay, I'm an accountant and I make $80,000 a year, but every day I wake up and my life stinks. Or now I'm making 60, 65,000, but I'm talking about Jimmy Buffett all day long. That's the dream. So like, you know, maybe only have one car and, you know, maybe you don't need to get your nails done like every week and you save a little, you spend less money, but you're living like a real life. That's a lot better, I think, in my opinion, than, than doing something you hate for more money to get things to impress people you don't like. 
Oh yeah. I mean, 60,000 is a lot. Like if I, oh, I know. make way less than that to do this podcast, like I would, I mean, like I'm not trying to make money on this podcast at all, but like if that somehow happened, I would like take any amount of money to just like talk about a thing that I like, you know? Right. Like, right. It's, so that's it's not really a job. It's just like, oh yeah, you want to just like hang out and talk about a thing I like for an hour? Sure. Like that's awesome. But the thing is, it does take work right? To do the podcast, right. to set it up, to edit it, to do these things. But it doesn't feel like work when it's something you like. So if you're going to smurf it up for an hour once a week, because that's what you love, then it's going to be real easy for you to say, cool, I'm doing this weekly. I got two people listening, my mom and my brother, and I'm doing this weekly. And then a year later, I've got a hundred people listening. And then by 10 years later, you have 50,000 people listening and then a new Smurf movie's coming out and now you know Fox is like hey can you promote this for us and you're like uh, okay because you're the leader in that thing like uh, some of the people I listened to were saying you know there were these people that were like big comic book nerds and they were talking about like I don't know all these Marvel characters and stuff imagine starting a podcast like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, talking about all this stuff. And then these movies come out and you have that audience, right? You have a 500,000 person audience on those things. And, or you're like addicted to the the black Panther. And then now the black Panther movies coming out and they need that extra hype and they reach out to you. I mean, these are the things that really can happen when you kind of go for the stuff that you want. But as long as you're like, Hey, I'm doing the Smurfs and I don't expect to make that 60,000 like in a year. I expect to do what I love and something good will come from it. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, if Jimmy Buffett wants to advertise on my podcast, like I won't say no. <laughs> well, of course not. <laughs> or be Someone a guest. Get Jimmy Buffett a guest on the, on the horn podcast. And, yeah. 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 Sure. Jimmy, come on. Um, right. <laughs> or give you free, but, or give you free, like a margarita mix. You'll take that too. Yeah. Right. Like literally anything. I'll take it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and like you get to live the thing, right? So now like you're living in Key West and I want to just, because we've talked a lot about podcasting, which I'm super into, but I want to talk a little bit more about Key West because I think that's what, um, I mean, I'm also really into Key West, but I think that's like what the listeners probably sure. want to hear about. And so I just want to know like, what's it like living in Key West? Like, I want to hear about like, what are your, like, I know you've talked to a lot of businesses. So like, I, I, I don't want to ask you too much to play favorites, but like, what are your favorite places to go? And what are your favorite things to do in Key West? So for me in Key West, it's really all about like these little hidden spots. Like when I have friends, cause so many people come here to visit, you know, and it's such a touristy town that everybody, they'll, they'll first want to do the thing that everybody does, right? They're like, let's go down, let's take a tour down Duval Street. Like I've got a golf cart. So I like picking people up at the airport or if they take the bus or they drive down, we jump on the golf cart. We we go, see Key West is kind of like an island, right? It's an eight by four island. And there's two real main ways to get from Newtown, which is the tip of the beginning part of Key West Island, all the way down to Old Town, which is all at the end and Truman Waterfront and everything there where they do concerts and everything. And you either, if you just come onto the island, you either go to the right, which is Roosevelt, or you go to the left, which is like the beach side, which is Smathers Beach and everything there. So it's like, I'll take people down the Smathers Beach side because that's where the sunrise part comes up. You'll drive down there. You'll see all the beaches and the hotels that are over there. And, and that'll go to the end of Duval Street. 
and which is where like the southernmost house is, which is one of the oldest homes down there. And and it's a quieter end, the opposite end of where um like uh sloppy joe's and everything is and then we'll just i'll hang a right and we'll just go all the way down duval street and it's cool because you you see all the people walking around normally and you see all the different restaurants and you hear all the music playing and the cute little shops and all the little um you know local places there's still a lot of on duval street there's still a lot of local shops which is cool because you can get some t-shirt places that are only here or some little art studios that only sell artist supplies here um and it's just it's really cool so we'll do that first lap and then there's a couple of streets that'll be parallel to duval street i'm like all right now let's go down these and let me take you to a lot of my friends who are now new friends of people I've interviewed. Like I'll take them to uh, Coast Projects. So Coast is, they'll have, uh, they do, he does a lot of clothing press. So he'll have all these cool t-shirts and he presses all the designs on there and they'll all be local reflective stuff. So his whole model, motto and stuff is like, like you're not coasting through life, but you just want to coast in like a positive way through doing the things that you love and like kind of like Jimmy Buffett-esque, like worry less about materialistic stuff and let's focus on the cool stuff that matters more in life. And he puts together like um, like a really cool concert series down here. We'll have like a lot of folk and, and funky type music that a lot of people don't know. And he'll get all these band people together and and do stuff like that. So I'll take them to, to like t-shirt places or clothing places like that. Or some some local restaurants that you know definitely some touristy ones where you go to like Conquer Public and it's like three quarters of the whole building is all open like these big glass bay doors that open up and you'll have my friend Nick Norman and people like that playing he's a local artist musician down here that just got signed by Lee Bryce so he's probably going places really quick and you'll hear people like that play and it'll be like you know, peel any trimp and a lot of that awesome Key West vibe, tons of tourists walking around. And then I'll be like, awesome. Let's go now to some other cool restaurants. Like I had a friend that was in town a couple of weeks ago and we went to like four restaurants. So I'm always a big believer in like, Hey, don't just go sit at a table and spend the whole night there, go to the bar, get a, a drink and a couple appetizers here and a little bit there and a little bit there, a little bit there. And then, you know, do it like the Italians would do. Eat at a bunch of places. And then at the end of the night, like nine or 10, stop at one place and then have like a nice meal. Um, and typically there's like four or five restaurants that are down here that are amazing. They're a little bit pricier, but it's worth it because the food is so incredible how they source it from like the fishmonger, which is the different um, captains that'll go out and and get all the fresh fish and and uh, shrimp and everything right there. And they'll prepare it all with this cool Key West vibe and feel. And what I love about it is in other parts of the country, it may be like, oh, you got to have a jacket to get in there or you got to get dressed up with a with like a you know cute dress or something to go in there. It's like, they're like, listen, as long as you you're wearing a shirt, and, and you're not wearing like a G-string. Like you can even wear a bathing suit as long as it's not wet. A t-shirt, bathing suit, flip-flops, you can go in like the top steakhouse down here, which is so Key West. And I just love that vibe where it's all like, this is why you come here. There's a lot of people down here that have a lot of wealthy homes. If you go and look on the Instagram account, you'll see some yeah. of them. But these are people who 
maybe when they're living in Santa Barbara part of the year, they're like keeping up with the Joneses and they got their Range Rover and they got their watch and they got to get all dressed up. But when they come here, they're like, oh man, I could just be me. I can really just let loose and just be the person I want to be down here. And you really fall into that vibe of like, I wasn't in art before. Now I'm selling all this art. And it's like, so you just get into this vibe of like, let me chill out a little bit more. Let me, you know, jump on the golf cart or, or, um, you know, rent a scooter because you can park a scooter like anywhere here. You're not going to get a ticket. You don't have to pay to park those scooters. And it's just like, you just, you just take a deep breath. But if you still like nice things, it's here for you. So you're able to just be like cool and chill and then still have like some of the things that you like, like you want to go out on a boat or you want to have a nice meal. Yeah, it really is a very unique vibe there that even though it's gotten like even though there's like a lot of tourists, it's still and this is probably why there's so many tourists is like it seems like Key West has still managed to retain that like super laid back like locals vibe. Like it's so interesting that you could have so many tourists walking around a place and still like you just get to feel like you're a local when you like go into like the chart room and you know like or you know wherever you want to go. Yeah. Um because those places and those businesses have been there for so long and or or even new ones but like that are the small independently owned businesses and it's not just like a ton of chains, you know. Um, yeah, it's like a friend of mine I interviewed them. They had come down they're new friends. So they had opened their restaurant in, I think, um, November and then COVID hit right in March. So they opened their restaurant in November. It's called Lola's Bistro and is nine tables only. And the, he, it's a husband and wife that own it. And he was classically trained chef. He went to France. He went to Italy. He had a big, massive restaurant in, um, in Pennsylvania. And he just didn't want that anymore. He's like, I want to be in a restaurant where he's in the room cooking. It's not even like, you know, like there's the, the, uh, kitchen back there and you're seeing it like he's in the room. Like there's like an right. Island there with all the fresh vegetables and food on there. There's like a smaller oven that's right there. And like, he's cooking there for everybody and his wife greets you and they'll have one person bring you the food or maybe two people and then, or he'll bring you the food and he's cooking right there. And he's just like, I just want, and there's no menu. So they'll come up and say, here's what chef's making today. And it, it, the food is just exquisite and it's bring your own booze, which means you could bring no cork fee. Cork fee is usually like they'll charge you for like, oh, you're going to bring your own bottle of wine. It's this. Nope. You could bring wine, tequila, whatever the heck you want to bring. You could bring enough for the whole restaurant if you want and do that. And people have done that. And it makes it makes the experience that much better because you can go and have a couple of appetizers, a couple of main meals. He also is is a, a pastry chef, so he makes all the dessert. You can have some dessert. There's no coffee. There's just water, and you bring your own booze, and and it becomes more affordable because if you were to go to a and that's like the trick, right? Because if you would normally go to a restaurant and you get all these things, and it's like all grass fed and all organic and all these kind of things, and you're like, oh my god, the bill is so expensive because. Maybe you got like 
a couple of cups of coffee at the end and an expensive bottle of wine. And, you know, you, maybe you spend 80 bucks just on booze here. Right, yeah. You like have the feeling like, wow, this quality was so good. It wasn't even that expensive because you brought your own booze. Right. So those are like the restaurants I like bringing friends to. Cause they're just like wowed by this experience that you're here right next to the chef making this amazing food. Yeah. That sounds super cool. I hope that they're still there next time I go because I would love to. Oh yeah, to they're there. That. They're going to be there. They're sold out all the time because oh, it's it's nine tables, right? And when there's nine tables only, it's like, and he he's like, I only want to do maybe four servings of those nine tables, so that's like four hours, and then he's like done. And he lives right next door with his wife and their daughter, who's named Lola, and that's like the whole experience. So he's definitely not going anywhere. Okay, that's good to know. I do you have any places that like you don't want it like you like oh like I don't really want to do a podcast episode about that because like I don't want everyone to know like do you have any secret places that I mean, you don't have to tell me what they are I'm just curious like do you just or you're just like I'll just promote anywhere or do you have any places that are like well I kind of want to just keep this because like it's a cool place and I don't want it to just get like swamped with a bunch of people. No, I I'll interview anybody. What I what I don't like is when I interview the marketing person. That's what I don't like. Now, my friend Jenny Lorenz, who does all the marketing for the Perry Hotel, which is an amazing hotel, I like to like, we'll have an hour interview. I interviewed her once before and I interviewed her again about post COVID and what the hotel's doing, which is really interesting. That's coming out soon. But, like, you know, with a marketing person, even with her, I got to pull the teeth a little bit. I'd be like, okay, listen. Let's not be so politically correct. Like, I know everyone's got to wear masks and yes, you're sanitizing for time. Like, I get all that. Let's get to the nitty gritty. Or like and people that, assume that that's happening, I think, at this point. Yeah, you know? like, <laughs> I like talking to the owner. That's who I love, love, love talking to. Like, if you've ever been to Key West, there's like two names you always see when you come on this island. You see Spotswood because they're the oldest group of people that were here. They're like seventh generation and then there's Fury. And Fury is like any kind of boat activity you see, there's like, oh, I'm going to go parasailing or this. They like kind of run run everything as far as that. And when I interviewed the owner of Fury, it was just an amazing, like he was like, we both were almost in tears. It was so amazing, his story on how he was just, in his own words, a loser and never going to amount to anything and then persevered and created this business and blah, 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 blah. And it's real. It was really just an amazing story to hear. So I like interviewing these the owners of the business much better because I want to know why. Why'd you come to Key West? Why'd you start this? What did you go through? How many failures before you got to this point? Because that's like relatable. Because look, if you're like living in New York City and you have a successful restaurant or a business, like to pick up and start in Key West, like you can have a like a pair of balls to do that because it's like you're coming to a tiny little island where you're not coming here to be rich. Like people don't say I am leaving LA to move to Key West to be a movie star, right? You don't right. You come here for those things. You come here for some other calling, for the ability to relax more, the ability to go, okay, cool. No one's got fancy cars. So now I don't have to really keep up with someone with this impressiveness of my clothes or my cars or all these different things. I can really just let loose. And it's, it, it brings you back to the neighborhood feel. Excuse me. It's like, I don't know, when I was growing up, there was like neighborhoods or you listen to other old people and they're like, oh, the neighborhood, right? <laughs> this whole island is like a neighborhood. 
It really is because it's four by eight and we all stick to one another. And we also like we were going through COVID and all this was a little bit easier, I think, for the people down here because so like every at least once or twice a year, we're like prepared for the worst because, okay, this looks like a hurricane could come. And if it does come, it can just destroy everything. So, you know, we're always like a little bit on, you know, on red alert when it comes to stuff like that. Um, but the mentality of the people down here is definitely a community. We kind of stick together. Um, but it is not, I don't know. Some people, when I first moved here, were like, Oh, Key West, they're just like, the locals are too into themselves and don't want to embrace new people. But I don't find that at all. When I moved here, everyone embraced me and my family. And I really think that's just based on your attitude. Like people that say, Oh, people in Paris, the French, they're mean. Well, that's because you went to France and you're like, America's the best and you stink. And then guess what? It's what you got. But if you're like, you know, I'm embracing the culture I'm in, then they embrace you back. Right. And like, you shouldn't be moving to Key West if that's not the culture that you want to like, like, yes, there's like really nice, pretty cool houses, you know, and like you could buy a house and like live in your you know, $2 million house and never talk to anyone, you know, but like, why are you moving to Key West then? Right. But like, listen, there's dumpy houses here too. It's not like every turn you make is some $2 million home, right? right like right down the road like- from my house is like a couple of dumps and they're just there, <laughs> but that's like Key West. Like you need a little dumpiness to make it what it is. If it was right. all glitz and glam, now you're going back to Miami and like, instead of, uh, Duval street, you're on Lincoln road or Rodeo drive. It's like, you know, if I don't see some woman with one tooth, who's like talking to herself every once in a while, then I'm, I'm not like liking it here. Right. It's like, you right. got to have a little bit of that. That's, oh, that's yeah. the beauty of it because that keeps the shitheads out. Like I'm going to, that's my one curse of the day that keeps them out because people <laughs> who are like into Ferraris and, and, you know, into all this stuff, when they go down Duval street, you know, and they're like, Hey, look at that person with no shirt throwing up in the in the corner. Which um, you know, I'm not trying to paint this picture of we're like gross over here, but like you know, you have it all. You have a I little mean, I bit don't of think all. It's of it. The locals that are throwing up, it's the yeah. tourists that are throwing totally, up. Totally, totally. But yeah, I agree. Like you need the dumps for sure. I guess my point was that if you're not to like, uh, you know, not to say like all rich people are snobby or whatever. That's not my point. But like, right. if you're rich and are moving there and buying a two million dollar house and then never talking, to, like I'm sure it's not the people that are buying the dumps that are never talking to anyone. It's the people that are buying like the multi-million dollar houses and then just like living in their little oasis of a house and like not engaging with the community. Right. Well, some do, right. Some do that as their second home and they come down here and they don't want to talk to anybody. And I'm just assuming this. And then they'll go out to a restaurant and they'll be like, wow, this food is really good at this restaurant. (laughs) And they sit at the bar and then they'll just start talking to people. And they're like, wow, no one, like the first question out of someone's mouth isn't, so what do you do? That's like maybe the last question somebody will ever ask you. Yeah. It's more like, oh, where do you live? Where are you from? You know, and it's just more like life type questions. Like, what are you into? Do you go fishing? And, you know, those kind of things. It's more about what do you, what are you into rather than what do you do and how much do you make? And, you know, what right. kind of car do you drive? And, oh, where do you live? What's your zip code? Like none of that stuff really matters. Right. Because everybody's the same zip code. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I don't know. Are there multiple zip codes? No, we're West? all 33040. <laughs> everybody. Um, I do love when you were talking about like what you would do in Key West. I do love that you 
the idea of like doing almost like a pub crawl, but like for food where you would like go to, because obviously like everyone, you know, knows the idea of a pub crawl where it's like, okay, well, we're going to have a drink at this. And that's super easy to do on Duval, right? Like you go to one bar for a drink and then you go to the next bar for a drink and then you, but like, I had never really thought about it before. Like, and I love the idea of like, okay, we're going to go to this place and have an appetizer. And then we're going to go to this place and have an appetizer. And then, you know, we're going to go to this place and maybe have an entree, but maybe just have another appetizer. Because, yeah. Or like, share an entree, right. Or share it. And that's, yeah. what's cool about this place is like, there's no place to park, but if you rent a scooter, you can park everywhere. Like you can almost pull into the restaurant. And that's what's cool about this place. It's like rent a scooter, rent a bicycle if you want. If you're staying in Old Town, you don't even need a scooter. You could rent a bicycle because from one end to the other end, it's just four miles in total. Yeah. I mean, you can um, walk pretty easily. I you can. You can places. watch the sunrise in the morning and then the sunset in the evening. And you can do a, a food pub crawl if you want all day long. There are some companies down here too that do these amazing food tours where you pay them a small amount of money and you get the savings in food and drink. Um, so it's almost free and they'll be like, okay, cool. We're going to do like, there's one where it's like, um, like all Cuban infused food. So like, oh, it's going to go to this restaurant and this one, or it'll be like Bahamian food. Cause we have like Bahama village down here, or it's just going to be a seafood crawl. And there's some really awesome companies that, that's what they do. They'll just take you on these food tours. So what I like about it is you can say, all right, I'm going to be in charge of everything. And you could do that. Or you can say, I'm going to put everybody else in charge. And you could do that too. And you're not really going to be steered in the wrong direction. Yeah. There's just so many things to do and so many um, things to see. I guess like it's obviously like you could totally coordinate your own stuff, but like if you're a person like me, like I usually go for me in the mines. So like I'm there for very specific things, which is like to see the musicians and stuff. But, yeah. but on trips, like I'm definitely a person that's like, okay, I want to look into stuff, but also sometimes it's just so overwhelming, right. To like try and figure out all the stuff to do and to, to have those kinds of, not just like your generic tour, but like some, a, a, a business that will really like do something special different yeah, and special, yeah. but like coordinate it for you so you don't have to like organize the whole thing like that's really cool option to have yeah the company's called key west food tour i don't know how much they're running right now but um if you just look them up th that's what they do it's uh it's uh, um it was a mother-daughter business now it's just a daughter business it's locally owned it's not like a big corporation and she had some regular nine to five job and she was like Hey, I want to do it where it's all of these uh, local dishes that where I'm going to bring into my house because my mom's going to cook them. And then she realized, well, there's a lot of like regulations. I can't do that. So let me just <laughs> partner with all these different places and do like these kind of food tours. And that's cool because it's a local person that lives here, right? It's not some a bunch of people working for some generic corporation. Now she's got other people working for her as well, but it's like a family type business, which is awesome right. to do. And I, you know, uh, I would suggest getting lost down streets. Like if you come, all right, here's the deal. You come to Key West. You want to be in Newtown, that's fine. You want to be in Old Town, that's fine too. And again, we're talking eight miles between one tip to the other, including the Old Town, Newtown, right? You have uh, Newtown starts when you first come in. And then when you get to Fifth Street, that's um, like Midtown. And then when you get past White Street, that now gets into Old Town, which is where a lot of the houses that you see on the Instagram account is. If you 
no matter where you stay, it's good because if you stay in Newtown or even on Stock Island, which is like the little island across from the golf course, it's like pretty much considered Key West, um, which is where the Perry Hotel is and the Art Shack and a lot of cool places. Every place has a shuttle. So you never have to worry about like, oh, how am I going to get to Duval Street? Like they got free shuttle service all day long. They also have the uh, bicycles and and scooters and stuff if you want to rent. But if you are going to stay in Old Town, I would recommend definitely rent a bicycle. I don't care if it's like 100 degrees. Rent that bicycle and drive that thing everywhere because you'll get lost down these streets and it just is magical. It really is between the homes you'll see or you'll go down some residential street and then there'll be like this little restaurant and you're like, where did this thing come from? And it, it, you just getting lost is the thing to do down here for sure. Yeah. And there's a lot of things to do that like, like one of my favorite things to do, which like is not a thing that you would necessarily, I mean, it is very specific to Key West, but it's not like a bar or, you know, something like that is um, the Hemingway house. Yes. Uh, Because there's so much cool history. And also like, I just love cats and you just get to pet cats and also like see a really cool historical house that Hemingway lived in. Um, And that's, and not that that's on Whitehead, right? Whitehead yes. Street, I think. Yes. And that's not, it's not like that's like a super minor street, but if you just like are on Duval all the time, you would never even know that was there necessarily. And like, that's like one of my favorite things to do in town. Yeah. It's one street over. It runs parallel. There's a lot of great, that's where the parrot is, the green parrot, which is like a super famous bar where it's lots of live music. Um, you know, I would just say, cool, go down Duval Street. And then turn around and go down Whitehead and then go up Simonton and and just go up and down these different streets and you're going to find a whole bunch of stuff. And the cool thing is you do find a local, talk to them and and they'll give you a lot of tips and stuff. Or if you do, you know, not plug in the podcast, but there's a lot of stuff on there on my podcast where I just talk about the different restaurants and the different events and stuff that that are going on all year round um, in Key West. So I would definitely, you know, the pub crawl is cool to do. The food crawl, there's lots of little local artists. The music with the live music is just amazing down here. So, you know, it's it's come get lost down here in Key West. Yeah, I wanted to mention really quickly, I know uh, I don't want to keep you too long, but um, the you just mentioned that music, live music is a really big part of Key West. Um, and you also have another podcast, correct? That's uh, yes. where you interview songwriters. Do you want to talk about that just a little bit? Yeah. So a friend of mine, his name is Charlie Bauer. He owns the Smoke and Tuna down here, which is a, a an amazing bar and restaurant. They have lots of live music. He put together 25, coming on 26 years now, something called the Songwriters Festival, where it's it's primarily country music, but it's a lot of these songwriters who have written some of the most amazing music for these artists that you'll know everywhere that will come here and they'll perform their songs that they wrote. So maybe it's Kenny Chesney, maybe it's you know whoever that Garth Brooks that they write this for, that they'll come and perform themselves. So when I was talking to Charlie, and he loves the podcast. He was like, listen, let's do something where you can interview these songwriters. And I'm like, all right, as long as it's promoting you, I'm happy. So it's called the songwriters podcast. And it's interviewing these people who have written some of these, some of the most amazing songs. I mean, like, you know, some of the people that I have on there, um, I have a lot more episodes I'm still putting out, but some of the people they're like Craig Wiseman, who has, I mean, the guy pumps out hit after hit after hit. 
So you have some of these artists that that um, are just extraordinary in the things that they do that love coming to Key West to perform. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking through, I haven't listened to that yet, but um, cause I just sort of noticed it after like inviting you to be on, but I, I was looking through and like some of the musicians I definitely recognize and then some I don't. So I'm really interested to hear, um, to hear interviews. Cause I, I love, and that's part of the reason, like I, I do musician interviews on my podcast too. And like, if I can introduce I mean, obviously people like to listen to musicians who they already know, but if you can introduce a musician to people, right? Like, oh, well, you're interviewing these people and I really like these four people and I've never heard of this person, but I'm going to listen to that too because I really like the other four people that you've interviewed. So then you're like introducing those musicians to new people. So, um, so yeah, I'm excited to check that one out as well. Yeah, you should definitely listen to episode two, which is with uh, Arliss Arbritton. He's like a big parrot head guy. So he plays a lot of that music. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And he's written for a lot of musicians that you'd probably be like, oh my God, I didn't know this guy write, you know, <laughs> writes for these people. So it's cool. It's so fun. I like interviewing them because most of these people, I don't know who the heck they are. And it, it really, I don't do any research for any podcast that I ever do. I'm, and I say that right out of the gate. I'm like, listen, I don't know anything. I, I will, for musicians, I will do one thing of research to make sure about like, are they married or not? Cause I don't want to be like, tell me about your wife. And like, they just passed away. So like <laughs> right. that, that's like the only thing I'll look to make sure there's nothing touchy to discuss. But other than that, I'm like, I don't know who you are and I'm here to interview you. And yeah, it ends up being fun because I'm not coming from the avenue of being uh you know, a journalist. It's really like, Hey bro, I, or a girl, I just met you like at this bar let's have a cocktail. And, you know, I have some questions, but they're not like how many records have you sold or how are you famous or how much money? It's more like, what kind of kid were you? How'd you get into this? Like all the questions you really think that it's usually those questions that after you've left that celebrity you met, you're just like, damn, I wish I asked him that. That's like what <laughs> I try to ask before. Cool. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and then one more thing, you just have so many projects. I want to make sure I mention them all. Um, then you also have a website. Um, of art versions of your, some of the backyards of Key West photos, yes. um, which is really cool. It's like um, sort of like the photos, but then they look like a painting kind of, yes. um, which is really cool. Do you want to just talk about that? Tell people where they can find that. Yeah. Everything you can find everything. If you just go to backyards of and that's backyards plural. So backyards of that's you could find all the social and, and all of the uh, podcast and then, um, all the art. And basically what I did is this is like what I teach people to do. I started the Instagram account. I had the podcast. I see people like these pictures. I'm really good with, with digital and digital photography. And I said to the audience, Hey, I'm thinking of putting out some of these pictures that have been altered to look like paintings and they're being printed on canvas because a friend of mine who's like a neighbor two doors down has this, he has a gallery called De La Gallery, which is right on Duval Street where his partner, which is his friend also, is the photographer and he is the craftsman because his family has owned this printing, framing shop that's been down here for 30 something years. So he prints these amazing pieces of art, this photography on these huge, um, these like huge sizes, you know, like eight feet by four feet, these 
big panoramic pictures. And the, that quality is the quality that he uses when he prints my stuff on canvas. So it's on canvas and it's stretched on the wood frame, which are called bars. And depending, like the frames are normal size or really thick, depending upon the size. And I went to my audience and I said, hey, I'm thinking of putting out these kinds of prints. They're going to be limited to 10 per size. So there'll be no more than 50 in total, like 10 of 14 by 14 is the smallest size. And when they're gone, they're gone. Um, they'll be numbered. They'll be signed. They're on the canvas. The colors are like exquisite because I'm blessed that I could work with Jeff at at Art Warehouse to put these things out um, because they're just way too good for <laughs> for what we're doing, right? The quality. <laughs> and and I asked the audience, "Do you want this?" And they said, "Yes, we do." And I said, "Would you pay for this?" And they said, "Yes." And I said, "When I first started." I had nothing printed. There's no, it was no inventory. There was me building the website on Shopify, which is easy for people to do. And it was just the actual image. It wasn't even like a picture of the art. It was the image before it was even stretched. And I had two sizes. I had a square and a horizontal one or a vertical. And the prices were from 99 to 125. Actually, the prices were more at first. But when I talked to the audience, they're like, that's too much. These are the prices I, we want. And it was from 100 bucks to $125, $29 for those two sizes. And I just started selling just directly to the audience and they were selling out. And then I did more sizes and larger sizes and added more inventory, which are just more pictures of the ones that I take. So now I go out and take specific pictures just for the gallery of pictures that are there so that people can take home a piece of Key West with them. Um, now we've grown so much and it's gotten so big that there's a place called the art shack, which I highly recommend anybody coming here. If you're driving in or driving out of Key West, it's on stock Island. If you're driving in, it's on the left before you get into mainland Key West. And it's like a community art center where it's like outside and there's like one building with a bunch of art and, um, like, statues and stuff like that in there. And then there's like five or six soon to be another four more containers, like shipping containers that have been cut open into these little studio slash galleries. And there's, there's like, um, the music that plays there and there's a food truck that's there all the time. And there's like these towers where you can buy vegetables. Like if you wanted to have one of these, these upright vertical gardens where you could bring it into your house. I mean, this everything is there. So we're going to get our gallery and studio because we're pumping out so many of these things to do there. So as of probably next month, we'll be in the art shack selling our stuff because there are people that are like, hey, I'm in town. I want to come look at your stuff. I'm like, well, I could print it and bring it to your hotel, which I've done. <laughs> but, you know, people want to come and look at, at your, your gallery. So I guess it's great for people to come if you're into it. But I think I could add even more value to people, not only by telling them, hey, listen, uh, buy my stuff, but more so like, look, you can do this. I did it. You can, you really can do this. Find something you love and be patient enough and ask your audience to communicate with your audience and then build around that. Like going back to the Smurfs, if you're an artist and you can draw and you have a Smurf podcast and you're putting out your own Smurf art, you may be able to sell that and make a living doing that. 
you know, that dream is there for everyone, but it falls very much into the Key West lifestyle. Like if you would, if I would have said to myself, I'm going to be selling art, it would have been like, this is never going to happen. And now it's like, you know, a, a, a pretty viable business, um, all because of the mindset of being down here. Yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome. I'm, I'm really glad that we talked about that part in addition to just Key West. Cause I do think, I mean, I don't know if anybody listening to this wants to start their own podcast, but like, I know like that's like a really interesting topic for me because I think there's so many people out there with cool creative ideas that are just like reluctant or scared to try it or to start it because of, you know, a variety of reasons. But one, they think like they don't know how, or they think that it's, you know, not going to be good enough or not perfect right away. So, um, so yeah, I'm really glad that you like told your story and stuff because it's definitely an inspirational story. Um, and your accounts are amazing and I hope everybody goes and checks out the website. Um, and if you want to just do, go straight to the Instagram, Instagram account, it's just at backyards of Key West. Is that right? Yes. Cool. And is there any other socials or things that you want to plug or it's just like everything's on the website. Yeah. If you just go to backyards of everything's on there. I don't, I don't want to bore your audience by telling them like <laughs> all the 50 different handles that they're okay. going on there. But I will say though, if anybody does want to buy anything, they can just, if you just type in the code friends, like plural friends, 20, you can get 20% off anything on the site. And that's just for your audience. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's really no great. Problem. No um, I might be using that myself. <laughs> well, you tell me what you want and I'll send you something for nothing. So how about oh, that? You, no, you, I could just yeah, do that. You pick out something and you let me know what you want just so that you'll, you'll be able to have your own focus on one of those. How you, you'll be able to look at your, your creeping of the Key West homes, but in person. <laughs> I'll be like someday. Right. <laughs> just like exactly. stare at my picture on my wall. <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much. I really You're appreciate welcome. that. Of um, and I yeah, I hope everyone goes and checks out all your stuff um and checks out the art because that's really cool. Uh and I just really appreciate you being on. Uh, it was so awesome to talk to you. And uh, maybe next time I come to Key West, we could do a second interview in person. That would be so cool. Or I'm just we like, can grab a margarita too, you know, you never yeah, know. Sure. We could do like a real life interview, which is just hanging out. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. I love to meet your husband for sure. <laughs> um, okay, great. Well, thank you so much for being on. Um, and I hope you have a great rest of the day. Thanks. And one other thing, if anybody has any questions about Key West, I am I'm accessible on social. So DM me, message me, whatever. If you're coming into town, if you have questions about anything and I will answer them, no problem. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. And I guess like if people have ideas about like interviews they'd like to hear, they could send you those too. hundred percent. Or if they have certain places they want me to take pictures of for the art, like I have sloppy Joe's is on there and, and the bull and whistle and, you know, some of these places. So if someone's like, I want a picture of this, then you never know. I may go do it. Great. That's so awesome. Okay. Thanks so much. You got it. Thanks again. All right. Well, I hope that you liked that episode. Um, I feel like I say that after every interview. I'm just like, I hope you like that. Um, I I like it. I like all of the interviews. That's why I do it. So um, like Mark talked about, I feel like it's really doing this podcast is really an excuse for me to talk to people and meet people. Um, 
So I love it. And I, I've, I've had a great time with all my interviews. And so if, if anyone listening is also enjoying them, then that's just like extra. That's just a bonus for me because really I'm just having a great time doing this. Um, and, uh, yeah, hopefully like I always have guest ideas, but um, I've said this before, but if you have suggestions about guests or if you're listening to this and you're a musician, um, like a trap rock musician, if you are just a parrot head that wants to talk about Jimmy Buffett, um, I don't actually have as many of those episodes of just like geeking out about Jimmy Buffett, but I'm happy to do that anytime. So if you just want to talk about Jimmy Buffett with me on the podcast, like you don't have to have something to promote. You don't have to be a musician. Um, you don't have to have a business, but if you do have a business that's like Trop Rock or Jimmy Buffett or escapism related, I'd be happy to talk about that too. So, um, feel free, don't be afraid to reach out to me. I, I really just want to spread the love of this community around and, um, and talk to all you fine folks out there. So yeah, once again, you can email me at blameitonbuffettpodcast at gmail.com or you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Blame Buffett Pod. Um, if you are liking the show, please share it um, with your friends who you think might enjoy it. Please review it on like Apple Podcasts or uh, other places that might have reviewing systems. I really appreciate getting reviews there. It just helps sort of boost the podcast, um, in terms of visibility. And then also I just started a YouTube channel, uh, which is, you could find the link on my social medias. Um, and I'm starting to post the episodes there as well as other random videos that I make that might be relevant. Um, so far I have a couple of quarantine cocktails videos of me just making cocktails with like the randomest ingredients that I have at my house during quarantine. So you can check that out. Please subscribe if you are a YouTube user. Um, and I really appreciate, I really appreciate everyone listening and everyone who's reached out to me. Like I talked about with Mark on this episode, you know, you can have a million listeners or a million followers, but like, if you don't hear from them and you don't get to chat with them and talk about like things you mutually love like I don't I don't really know what the point is I'd much rather have a few people that like are really enjoying the podcast and and you know chatting with each other about it or chatting with me about it um because I just like to meet you guys and I like to hear your thoughts on these topics so send me your thoughts send me your suggestions um and until next time fins up blame it on Buffett. He was my hero.